Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, my friends? You've had a, a very busy uh, DIY week. Yeah, I spent three days decorating my house. I painted the front of my house. I cleared my garden. I fixed a porch. I painted all my lounge. I haven't painted my staircase yet. But I've sanded it down, so there we go. I'm fucking exhausted. How about you? In the in the words of a Welsh band that we're not allowed to talk about anymore, the fake sound of progress. Bloody hell, way too many references there to even count. I'm just going to skip over that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I mean, I haven't had... Uh, I've been doing renovations, but I was spending a lot of this week. I've been on annual leave, so I've been uh, in my garden doing a few bits and bobs. Aww, I've uh, delightful. Plant- planted my fruit garden which is nice how, how 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 very upper middle class of me i planted my fruit garden this week <laughs> um and today as i just mentioned you before going on the pod um i've spent two and a quarter hours of correctly cutting back my lavender plant and i'm going to be going to purchase some geraniums at the weekend to cover the roots sounds absolutely bloody delightful i know i used that word earlier but that does seem very appropriate for <laughs> what you're saying I was going to say, screw pro wrestling. It's all about pies and gardening now, but that sort of puts a down <laughs> downer on on the pod. And also, um, I just want to say thanks to everyone who's uh, who listened last week. I think it's one of uh, sort of the best numbers we've done for like a first week show. Yeah, it's just a few. Yeah, <laughs> we've more than tripled our numbers. It's crazy. It, it's brilliant. And and also, I've had some good feedback from. Um, I know, so we mentioned it on last week's episode that we've got a, a discount code with our, our friends at Super Kicks Apparel. Um, they're very happy with sort of the interactions. I've even ordered myself something uh, for the website. I've ordered myself a lightweight hoodie to, oh. again, just potter around with. But they changed our discount code to Ooh. give it better for our listeners. Ooh. So originally we mentioned things like it was going to be um, free postage. But if you go to Super Kicks Apparel, and Spell that's it. Super Kicks spelled S-P-R-K-I-X. I know how to do advertising. <laughs> If you head over to Super Kicks Apparel and then at checkout you use the postcode NWO based on what we're talking about for the like the last umpteen weeks and forever and a day because we love Nitro, you will get ten percent off your order. Let's go. Ten so percent off using the, the the promo code NWO. Awesome. That's that's great. We have a sponsor now. Hooray for us. So we're doing episode number four of our WCW formation of the nwo trilogy today we are talking about wcw monday nitro number 38 from the 3rd of june 1996 we've had a brilliant run of shows up until this point and this (laughs) that's given it away hasn't it (laughs) (laughs) this one's not terrible right it it certainly feels more of a filler sort of episode but i think that gives us a bit more freedom just to kind of bullshit about what we've been watching recently i realistically this is every single early episode of monday night raw during the pandemic this is purely filler that 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 is all we have here it is it is phil but i'll i'll play the other side of the coin everyone especially like a lot of smart wrestling fans like the people who i believe will listen to this podcast all our fans are smart all like a couple of hundred of them that (laughs) listen during the week i don't don't want to be the guys like oh we've got this many listeners but fucking hell a lot more people are listening suddenly hello how are you lovely new listeners 
Thank you for listening to our WCW because it's better than anything else we've <laughs> covered. Other than, in fairness, Trinity Brawl 2. Yeah. And shout out to our, our friends who have uh, been pimping out the episode, episode 66, back in our archives at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. Again, one of the best shows I've ever seen. So can't wait for, Tr- can't wait for Trinity Brawl number three. Or whatever incarnation we get of it next. Indeed. But uh, as I was saying, so with, with WCW we're harking back to when we liked the attitude era and everything was a slow burn and we talked about how storylines needed time to time to mature and and build up so obviously this episode we're following on from the grand debut of he who shall not be mentioned in the words of wcw Mm. the invading don't dignify it tax whatever you do (laughs) (laughs) the invading razor ramon hey man hey man not Meng, because he's he's wrestling it's somewhere else. It's so confusing that Meng's on this show and you've got Scott Hall walking around going, hey, Meng. <laughs> it's like, no, no, he wrestled earlier, mate. What are you talking about? Meng turns around and like, all right. <laughs> just every time, can you imagine? Scott Hall walks out to the commentary desk. He's like, hey, Meng. And Meng's just like, what? What do you want? <laughs> Popping his head out. Vincent Mann would love that. I would but love that. That'd be fucking hilarious. Th- this is just very much slow burn storytelling. We can't just blow everything just on on every week of nitro but as we'll get to we may not have much storyline development as such but boy do we have a bit more homoerotic oh, do nfl we? action oh do we <laughs> we don't want to penetrate your ears too early mm, coming in your ears you know? <laughs> <laughs> kevin green and mongo coming in your ears <laughs> so certainly coming in each other's ears uh, so we, we're in Asheville, North Carolina, the Asheville Civic Center. There's around 4,500 people here, but there's certainly a few empty seats on the hard cam. It's kind of embarrassing. What's nice is, is that at least we know the start of most of the early episodes. Like We're on episode 38 of Nitro, yeah. uh, not in our podcast, but in its existence. And literally every pod we've started by going... About 4,000 capacity, lots of empty seats, especially on the hard cam. Quite embarrassing. It, it does seem odd that they wouldn't try and fill those seats deliberately. You know, the ones that are head height with the wrestlers in the ring. I suppose if they've got guaranteed TV, it's not the end of the world <laughs> because they've got the, the engine behind it. And sure. as we've heard from all the other stories, it's not like they've got 4,000 people paying. Mm. This is a case of, oh, rats, we need to get people in North Carolina to come in. And uh, here's some tickets and hope for the best. Do you think even in 96, they were still giving out free tickets a lot? I think until the NWA really took hold and they started winning the ratings war, that they were papering a lot. Okay. So our commentary team to start the evening are Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco. Uh, for hour point five. <laughs> yeah, for like the first 43 minutes or whatever it is. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I'm just so excited when they get switch at hour two in Oh, don't blow your load. Let, let's talk about that when we get oh, to wait, it because okay. it's so yeah. good. <laughs> did you spot the uh, two dark matches on this Nitro that were listed on Cage Match? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know. I just watched it <laughs> straight from the network. It's a shame that we didn't get to see these matches because the dark matches on this random episode of Nitro are Bull Meccano versus Medusa. Jeez. And then Akira Hakuto versus Medusa as well. You're like, hang on. So she's wrestling two of the greatest female wrestlers of all fucking time. On the dark nitro. <laughs> I mean, I-, I wish we could have watched 
those matches <laughs> this I week. Mean, it but it's all right. They Sergeant, go on. I was going to say, it's all right. Sergeant Pittman's back, so I should be okay. <laughs> it kind of sums up how WCW see women's wrestling at this point, I guess. Very similar to how WWE saw it. It's only they, they struck gold with Sonny and Sable. Yeah. And then the fact that Sable learned to, you know, not be beaten up too badly by Jackie. Yeah. That's That was it. But yeah, women's wrestling at this time, outside of Medusa and, and the ladies coming over from Japan, that was it, wasn't it, really? You know, uh, you mentioned uh, Jackie and Sable there. Have I, yes. have I ever told you that I was at the Insurrection show where Sable ripped off Jackie's tops and her boobs were on world show for the world to see? I was watching that on pay-per-view. Yeah, I was there. I was about like, you know, you, know, you have like the flat bit where everyone sits, then you have the first set of tiered. I was like the fourth row tiered. I saw nothing flat in that show. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, thing is that it would have been like, oh yeah, quite exciting for a young man or whatever. But I was with my older sister. It was really creepy. I was just like, oh no. <laughs> I, I I wondered where the story was going because I thought it was going to be like for a younger man this would be exciting but it, I was I was on the hard cam I mean we were as well we couldn't see anything we just saw a woman's back and then she ran away and that was it and I was like oh fair enough but titillating I, I just remember my sister's reaction just like oh okay <laughs> didn't know that was going to happen UK pay per view they clearly seem to think like the um, the FCC doesn't have an issue or whoever mm. deals with things. They promoted that that show was going to have Rock and Triple H on it. Can you imagine how excited like 13, 14 year old Rich was to see Rock and, Rock and Triple H? I didn't know Jackie named them. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was pretty quick. Do you know the match that we ended up with? Do you remember? No. Um, oh, I don't remember the card. It, it wasn't something silly like Bulldog versus Vader or something. No, no. It was still The Rock, but it was versus Triple H's replacement. If that gives you a clue. Oh, was it X-Park? Oh, yeah. At least X-Park <laughs> could work. Wait, That's not I saying w- Triple H can't. Young, young me was a massive Triple H mark, and I loved Rocky as well. It's like, oh, just such a disappointment to see X-Park come out, and you're like, oh, fuck, okay. <laughs> I remember they even, I think they played Triple H's music live, but like cut it off the show or something. I don't remember, but whatever. So uh, Nitro. Uh, that's that night night blah, i can't talk so i'm a little tired i am gonna stumble over my words this week but we'll get through it don't worry guys uh that nitro intro the miniatures table is on fire shivoni welcomes Love us it. to the show um not his best intro ever <laughs> <laughs> i've tried to dictate it okay you are masquerade arun <laughs> He just stumbles over every word. He's not saying words. It's just noises. And then he goes, you are tuned into TNT live for two hours of WCW, Monday Nitro, and the superstars of WCW, World Championship Wrestling. This is where the big boys play. That's where he leaves the pauses in the sentence. I kind of hate mid-term WCW Shivoni. Early Shivoni is kind of funny because he's a bit shit in places and but he cares, you know. Late-term Shivoni is just the fucking worst. Like Shivoni calling it in at the end of WCW when he's admitted to like not caring about it. Um at least at this point he cares and he's alongside Larry Zabisco who is on fire for this episode. Zabisco is basically Heenan Light on this show. Yeah. 
I, I would say that he outdoes Heenan on this particular show because Heenan has a bigger role to play. So I think he's focused on his participation in the show rather than just being a funny commentator. Yeah, or potentially it was a case of, you know, Sabisco's going to be playing the comedy color guy mm. today and then Heenan's just going to come out his second hour and 17 minutes. Yeah, I I remember watching Zabisco and the latter bit of his um, um, commentary when they had the three-person booth at ringside and such and thinking, eh, he's, he's okay. Watching him back for these past few shows, he is Sean, man. He's so funny. I've I've never realized how funny he was. Yeah. I think as you said when you're in later stage of Nitro, which is, you know, fun to watch for car crash TV purposes. <laughs> it's one of those things where I think, you know, he could have been an absolute asset to that company. I know Heenan and Bischoff were there for like the second hour and the the main event kind of style stuff, but he was really good. Com- absolute dick at times as well absolutely which is just what you want for a heel commentator he's fucking brilliant very much the the more i listen to larry zabisco the more i think that's who graves has been listening to except be (laughs) but yeah (laughs) i know where you're going with this go on but you know zabisco was allowed to say things and had decent timing whereas Corey graves is very much dictated to so you can tell when he's going off book when Corey graves goes off book because he doesn't talk for another three minutes probably getting a massive bollocking in his ear i used to really like Corey graves commentary anyway moving on <laughs> well and since he became good friends with maggle mm. it's just like he wears on people you know with vince in their ear and michael cole next to you i mean i don't blame him to be totally honest but <laughs> i think so, for Corey graves as well he got a lot of where he was having to do Raw and SmackDown and NXT. He just, you got bored of him. It wasn't unique anymore. Maybe. Maybe he's a bit run a bit dry as well, you know, just the exhaustion of that work schedule, even COVID era, you know? Yeah. And also, you know, putting up with Carmella must be tough. And although, and Pancake the Dog. I didn't say it. So, uh, <laughs> Shivoni and Zabisco, welcome us to the show. They put uh, Larry's uh, salute by the way he does every time they introduce him. It's fucking amazing. It's like, it's like uh, he's Rimmer trying, from trying to go bowling. <laughs> Did you watch Red Dwarf? I did, yes. No Rimmer's salute? <laughs> yeah, it's what that is the best depiction of it. <laughs> so they're gonna put they put over what's on the show tonight. We've got the main event, which is gonna be Luger and Sting versus the Steiners, which we kind of knew is gonna be happening for the tag belts. Oh good, Luger's on the program. Oh, yeah, great. And uh, we've got Flair and Arn versus the Rock and Roll Express. I was like, holy shit, awesome the rock and roller on this show doesn't turn out great um (laughs) they put over will heenan and flair uh sorry will heenan be flair and arn's manager versus the nfl lads i'm like hang on that wasn't the story last week where did this come from well there seems to be a lot as we go through the show there seems to be a lot of clickbacks to uh saturday night wcw yeah wcw saturday night it feels like they've suddenly just made a bunch of decisions during the week on saturday night or whatever fucking shows they had going on this time and then they're just suddenly trying to make those things happen. I'm like, dude, no one watches that shit. Just, just keep the stories on Nitro, please. Um, but yeah, it seemed it seemed a lot happened that Saturday. Yeah, they uh, talk about Bubba cutting sharks. Well, half of Sharky's hair off last week, and that really random incident. 
And Shivoni sends us to <laughs> Shivoni sends us to Mean Gene at the entranceway. Dadum. Gene brings out the shark, and I'm like, immediately. The man from Tsunami. <laughs> yeah, that sushi restaurant in South London, you know. <laughs> immediately, I'm like, where the fuck are his beard teeth gone? He's ruined it. He's not even got a fin on his belly anymore, Tax. I'm devastated. He's just wearing tracksuit bottoms and a leotard. It's first victim of like, you know, moving away from fun gimmicky WCW into serious NWO WCW. It's it's a real shame because he cuts this promo. Well, Bossman's already in the ring, by the way, with some of like Tenter's hair that he's apparently kept for a week. <laughs> You're like, what you, that's a bit weird, mate. He was hoping eBay would launch in the interim so he could sell it to like Typhoon. <laughs> so uh, Shark isn't shaving the other side of his head. So Sharky has been wandering around all week with half a skullet. Yeah, his promo's like, it's just a reminder of the embarrassment. It's like, you don't need it. You just cut the hair off and go, huh, remember when someone shaved half my head or half, half of my skullet? <laughs> Seems like an odd choice. To leave half a skullet as you're like, you know, going to the shops, making love to your wife. <laughs> yeah. Kayfabe, brother. If John Tenter finishes, oh, sorry, I, I spoiled the fucking ending. To the I, 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 I love his bit. <laughs> I'm not a damn fish or an avalanche. I'm just just a man. He goes, I'm John a Tenter. man. And I'm like, are you sure you want to be a man? Could you not be a shark? Because that was a lot more fun. <laughs> Dave Pence was just like running through his cards going, well, where, where's he hailing from? I can't say John Tenter hailing from Tsunami, the sushi restaurant in London. Plug, plug, plug. I like sushi. So our, our sushi sponsorship would go down a fucking treat, mate. That or like energy drinks. I need some fucking caffeine right now. I've got a coffee with me. My missus got me a Costa. Look at this. Lockdown Costa. Oh, I love it. So first match of the evening is Big Bubba with known racist Jimmy Hart. Versus John Tenter. Nah. Shivoni tells us on commentary that Johnny B. Bad and Vader were meant to be on the show tonight, but are no longer associated with WCW. They got COVID tested at one of WWE's three sites. (laughs) Zabisco goes, what's his name? (laughs) 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 Reference to the shark. Really funny. Um, Could you explain the finish here, Tax, please? Um, no. <laughs> so basically, um, he picks up, Tenter picks up the scissors to go and give Big Bubba a taste of his own medicine. To stab a bit. And Bubba, yeah, and, and Bubba's like, nope, I'm getting shanked by no shark. So winner via count out is not the shark. <laughs> I mean, the non shark, the anti shark? <laughs> the, an- the anti shark. <laughs> That'd be. John Tenter. John Tenter. That's only funny if you've got kids. <laughs> we had a quick moment from the NFL homoeroticism lads who just say, don't think we're cream puffs. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't have cut all these terrible gay promos. <laughs> no, I think you're cream pies. <laughs> They'll be cream pie me each other all fucking night during this show. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So next up, we've got the Faces of Fear, Meng and Barbar versus High Voltage. Hang on, what's 
Well, actually, I've got two notes of this, which are <laughs> our SEPW uh, fans will get to. First of all, Jack Voltage, go to the gym, get huge. Second one. <laughs> <laughs> so harsh. Go on. The second one is, I didn't realise that High Voltage, at this early stage of their WCW career, were called Ruckus and Chaos. Hello, Justified Mayhem. Indeed. Gimmick infringement, lads. Yeah, yeah, I did realise that as well. The bastards. So this is High Voltage's debut, and I'm like, dude, just just run away. You're up against Mega Barbar. Don't have your debut against these guys. They're going to hurt you. I've noticed a continuing trend of anything, anything, notes the tone, anything that comes out of that power plant is jacked. Yeah. That's it. They've just got jacked lads. I think power plant is code for we give them lots of steroids. With Sarge Magoo. Mm. So the crowd start by booing Barbar, who was screwed out of the title shot. Let's not forget because they've all forgotten on this fucking show. Until Barbar power bom- power bombs a dude, then they cheer him, and you're like, "Hey, heels faces, who cares?" <laughs> Barbar's overhead belly to belly off the top. Ow! He just didn't give a shit, as you said. This is this how I'd imagine the Road Warriors would work with people from developmental. <laughs> he just yeah. beat the shit out of High Voltage. Faces of fear do double top rope headbutts. Mafia kick by Meng, which is a big sideways thrusty kick thing. One, two, three. Thanks for coming, lads. Winners of the faces of fear. They should have pushed these boys more. The well, high voltage, fear. yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I heard there was danger. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> danger, danger. I bloody love Electric Six. Do a splash in the corner. Let's go. <laughs> Hang on, you went to an Electric Six gig as well, then. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> this is getting very random, tax. I saw we have to, we have to, because we've got a lot of listeners now, and this episode was shit. So we're just going to tell the most niche jokes we could possibly think of, just to pop each other, and everyone sitting there going, "What are they talking about?" I mean, someone might understand, uh, be a fan of Electric Six. I'm thinking more Jack uh, Voltage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will tell you one of my uh, a little sidebar. So if you, uh, uh, some of our listeners will not be familiar with the. Um, the promotion in Kent's uh, SEPW, uh, Southeast Professional Wrestling. It's fucking great there promotion. A- better than Progress, better than ICW. Fucking love it. Had um, a wellness and sort of um, safeguarding policy put in place well before it was cool to have a safeguarding policy in place, I should add, because um, Matt and Amy Huntley did things properly uh, in their promotion. How wrestling. Everyone thought it was a badge of fucking honour. How wrestling should be done. Yeah, but um, <laughs> Jack Voltage is a young lad... Um, who wrestled under a mask. Wait, you're explaining it? Okay. <laughs> We're doing this. Oh, no, 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 I, I, I am. <laughs> it's just because of a funny fan story. Go on, um, Ed, And go it on. Didn't, didn't get much of it. So, obviously, he had quite a... Uh, it was his first wrestling show, so he had quite a low-budget Lucha mask. And as we're both fans of Lucha masks, I would have put a lot more effort or funding potentially into having my gimmick. But it wasn't the best. And then someone in the crowd goes, shout out, it looks like a cream egg. <laughs> <laughs> and they started charting cream egg at him. <laughs> I didn't know that's where it came from. Yeah. I've heard you mention it before, and I, I think I remember Jack saying it once, but oh, fucking hell, okay. <coughs> oh. I would like to see Jack Voltage versus the Faces of Fear. Oh, I'd, I'd like Jesus, to see, I'd like to see Voltage versus Haku now. Run that's away, Jack. Run away. <laughs> so, Mean Gene is backstage with Lex and Stinger. And they're fuck ugly tag belts. Jesus Christ, they're fucking horrible, aren't they? 
they're awful. I at least that's the one good thing that happened when WCW closed. They got better tag belts. Yep, true. The the, the belts later, like the Chronic belts, are pretty okay. Chronic. I think they're different, right? Please tell me they're different. They're not the same ones. All I remember is when um Palumbo and O'Hare had them when they came across, like the nice big blue bit in the middle. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing right now. I know what you mean. Anyway, so Lex didn't bother to bring his TV strap this week. Don't blame him. <laughs> Because uh, he's only on TV as the television champion. Yeah, true, true. Sting in pink and black looks fucking amazing. Sting, Sting's neon thing. Like, I know the black and white crow sting is really cool, but I've got to say, I do love a bit of pink and neon, neon, neon black. <laughs> Sorry, neon pink and black on Sting. He looks fucking awesome, man. Did you think this was an attempt to throw us? Because like we've been mm. saying, we were trying to uh, spot clues. We mentioned on the last few episodes of this night, uh, this WCW run, the formation of the NWO, how Sting has been dressing a lot darker. He's been wearing his dark, his black tights and only a slight bit of colour. Whereas today, either someone nicked his gear or he's like, oh, I'm not going to be in the NWO. Okay, I'm going to go back to this. Well, maybe that's a discussion right for the end of the show we could have because something happens at the end of the show, which is worth getting mm-hmm. to, which is worth sitting through the 90 minutes of actual footage there is to get to i would say but we'll talk about it. i agree yeah so lex is very confused in this interview i mean i know he's usually confused but <laughs> this one he's all over the place because they start the interview gene throws us some footage and they cut back to lex who's like are we talking about some footage like <laughs> In his promo, and you're like, he just said, let's cut to the footage. And Lex starts questioning it. And you're like, he's so fucking dumb. Jesus Christ. Um, Sting makes a lot of sense about, like, you know, when the Steiners interfered and it was Lex first and then blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, Lex still doesn't seem to understand or speak English. <laughs> Me got metal plate in a forearm. It's me like mirrors. <laughs> me be Yoko, right? <laughs> no, Lex. No, no, no. <laughs> me win title at Mania? Oh, Brett, what are you doing? I, I don't know why he's turned into a really bad version of Mr. Fuji. Speaking of not being able to speak English, Steiner's arrived. <laughs> some quotes from this sequence, okay? Lex, are we talking about some footage here? What I'm saying is... As you can see in footage, the Steiner brothers two on one me. I love two on one me. Oh, it's so funny. As you can see in footage, the Steiner brothers two on one me. He's <laughs> missing all the other words. It's like every third word disappears in his head. It's so funny. Oh, I've got more. I um, think so. Hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. I came down here to cheer on my friend. In a very important match, Sting involved in a big <laughs> in a very important match, Sting involved in a big match. Uh, one more. If you guys are such good friends, I'm standing there watching. Scotty Steiner picks you up over your head to the floor. He suplexes you on the floor. Friends don't. Friends do that to friends. And you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? It's just making things a lot easier. Why he's given people more time? They're like, Lex, you've got a two-minute promo, and he's like, but I've got all this to say. <laughs> I know what I'll do. I will take out every other word. It's like he's saying 
the right things, but just in completely the wrong fucking order. It's it's so entertaining, man. Like, I can't help but laugh every time. Ba- basically, he turns into Lex of the Dump. Mm, me, me Luca. <laughs> Scotty has a couple of great ones in this as well. I took this match with Sting last week for tonight to wrestle for tag team titles. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one. Lex Luger, you got Wisem for Ami. I'm pointing you right now. God, I love these guys. It's so funny. I just want to see Lex and Scott Steiner cut promos on each other all night. While Sting and Gene are just sat there going, what have we booked in? And, I, I lo- <laughs> and especially like me and Gene at the end getting really angry and yelling at them. This is getting out of hand. Me, me and Gene, after they kind of like shove each other a little bit, me and Gene does such a great job of like making you almost want to care about this. Just by getting angry, as you say, he's fucking hilarious. <clears throat> I, I'm, I, I'm really glad we get to see Gene Oakland, as we said. Best interviewer they've ever had across both promotions. My favorite bits are when Mean Gene either gets popped, like when Regal does it, like in the last few weeks, or when he gets to the end and he knows it was fucking terrible and he just gives the look, camera a little look as in, like, fuck these guys. <laughs> He's just the best. I'm glad I'm on payroll. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> they use Mean Gene constantly throughout these shows. This is like a running theme. Every match, there's an interview afterwards. Every storyline, there's a backstage segment. It's always Mean Gene, and it's it's literally every match. Well, I think the reason behind that is because WCW is going for this attempted realism, aren't they now? So if you're watching mainstream sports, you don't just have a camera go off to like Tom Brady and go, you know what, guys? I had a good time, but I'm going to go and do X, Y, or Z. I'm going to throw this ball... And then someone's going to catch it. <laughs> I throw ball and someone catch. <laughs> hey, let's. I deflate ball. <laughs> I throw oh, ball. <laughs> sports reference. Let's go. <laughs> Look at you. Do you follow NFL? I, I do enjoy a bit of the uh, American soccer. Yeah, We've talked about this before. You're, well, not, not the, the NFL that's on this show. <laughs> but like, you know. You follow I mean, if you, if you see you? the NFL players on this show, you would definitely watch the NFL. <laughs> You're a 49ers fan? I am, uh, okay. purely because that's the first place I landed on my honeymoon. And there was a game on whilst I was there. And annoyingly, all the times I've been to the States have I've been in closed season or the last time, so when I was in Nashville um, and the Titans were due to be playing there, their fixture got switched to be away. So I didn't get to go. God damn it. So instead, I went and watched ice hockey, the Nashville Predators. Oh, let's go, Preds. Boo. Very much boo. I actually care. I don't care about football, even though I kind of follow the Packers and the Pats because I, I like Boston teams and cold places. I don't know why. I have a weird affinity for like Minnesota and Boston and places like that, you know. But um, I'm actually a massive Bruins fan, and I kind of like the Nux as well because I like Vancouver. I'm wearing a Vancouver jersey right now, I've just realized. Anyway. Um, <laughs> quick Hogan vignette. He's a big old racist. But oh no. Oh no. We need two heroes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sergeant Craig Pittman with Fat Teddy Long. <laughs> with known racist Teddy Long? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, <laughs> versus... Disco, disco fever, disco fever, wrestling clinic incoming. 
This is the shittest match I've watched, and I've watched IPW. <laughs> Pittman, Pittman, these guys are both faces. I think I think Disco is meant to be a heel, but he does dancing when he comes to the ring that the fans do and sing along, and so he's meant to be a, a heel that gets cheered and people. Oh, I fucking hate this gimmick so much. Pittman gets booed. We are in North Carolina, after all. Uh, Pittman has... (laughs) (laughs) Subtle. That was subtle, come on. Pittman has a shit ton of medals, for some reason. He's some sort of, like, army wrestling champ or some bollocks. Does the name not give it away? Sergeant? Yeah, it doesn't explain the medals, though. I mean, I think Shivoni said something on Comptry, but they don't give a shit. Um, Okay, so, the bell rings... Oh, and that's where it went wrong. <laughs> they lock up. They do an Irish whip. They immediately botch an arm drag, and I'm like, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I can't even begin to tell you this. So when they went to go and do the arm drag, it's like Disco's like, what the fuck are you doing? And they just like, stopped with arms into like they're doing the fucking Cotton Eye Joe. <sighs> Disco selling his in infuriating they do a gut wrench power bomb by Pittman to disco right disco stands up flip flops around and then runs into the corner and it's just like you just got power bombed dickhead what are you doing <laughs> oh, it, I mean fucking hell this finish <laughs> Well, as we've mentioned in previous pods, Sergeant Craig Pittman has a finisher called the Code Red, <laughs> which is a submission hold. And, you know, Disco was about to be locked into the Code Red and Disco just gave up because he realised the arm drag was shit and didn't want to have his arm ripped off by Sergeant Craig Pittman, the man of the medals. And, um, yeah, basically Disco tapped out and gave up before Pittman locked in the Code Red. And then in the corner, he spoke to the camera and... <laughs> I'm not getting my arm pulled off by this. Clever. <laughs> so he can continue to do his disco moves because he doesn't want to hurt his arm. And you're like, I don't think you're in much risk of having your arm hurt by this dickhead. He can't even look in the fucking move. It's been four well, that's weeks. That's where he's most dangerous. Four fucking weeks this dickhead's been trying to put on arm bars and hasn't hit one. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Like, kayfabe, right? Disco Inferno is a professional wrestler. I know he's got a shit gimmick and a shit personality and he seems to be a terrible fucking human being for everything I've heard about him on like Conan's pod and stuff. Um, but if he's going to come back next week, he wants to win matches and shit, right? If you're a professional fighter, you go into the ring and you're like, no, 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 I'm not having anything put on me. I'm not going to attempt to escape or do anything. I'm just going to sit there and quit. Why would you be invited back next week? Sorry, have you not watched Tax Williams matches? <clears throat> but you're... Uh, okay, let's move on. <laughs> I'm just going to get angry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it defeats the objects, as I said. But we noticed it at the start of the show with Tenta dropping the shark gimmick. Disco sticks around because he's mates with... Was it DDP? Or who Who was he boys with? Who was Glenn Gilberti like, chummy with? I don't really know, to be honest, mate. I'm assuming... Nash, maybe. I, I'm, but I'm he's not even there yet. Genuinely assuming he's blowing Bischoff every single fucking night for the amount of time he's stuck around WCW with this fucking gimmick. 
It's incredible how he still has a job. He's shit selling. Incredible. He's shit in the ring. He's fucking... Oh, he's just the worst. I hate him. I hate him with a passion. Do you think this match was put on the card because Vader and Johnny B. Bad had left? Oh, who cares? So, <laughs> so there's a quick, quickie here. Let's move on. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm just going to get angry. Uh, Regal confronts Sting. Sting shoves Regal in the back. The bastard. So Regal backhands Sting like a little bitch in one of the best segments I've ever fucking seen. He might as well slaps him around the face of a glove. That's how. That's the level of the slap. Fair play to Regal. Like proper backhand him. Like you could hear it go like whack as well. Like he stiffs the shit out of him. Regal is fucking great, man. Loved it. Well done, Lord Steve. So next up is Lord Steven Regal with Gahives versus. I'm going to get that over. <laughs> versus Jim Duggan. I'm like, oh, this should be a lot with of fun. With two by four. Yeah, absolutely. His manager. Um, well, yeah, I love Jim Duggan. I love Stephen Regal. I was like, this has got to be great, right? Ding, ding. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so commentary put over that we are indeed going to get Regal and Sting at Great American Bash. I can't Yay! fucking wait. Duggan walks out. Zabisco goes, not this idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And he calls him Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> and his last comment is, his IQ is a single digit. Zabisco, <laughs> man. He's so fucking funny. I can't do a justification justice. I'm not as funny as he is. Um, I was chuckling a lot just based on the commentary here. And yeah. Again, well, I, I, as you said, I like Duggan. Sorry, Duggan. And I, like, I definitely like Stevie Regal, but... <laughs> Just Sabisco just added a completely different level to this four minutes. Yeah, totally, man. Um, Regal is threatening men, women, kids in the crowd. Zabisco's on commentary. The camera ops are fucking great. They're following Regal around the ring. Uh, Regal challenges Zabisco at ringside. He challenges the camera ops. He cowers away, pratfalls, begging off, scowling, eye pokes, <laughs> bumping like a boss. I adore 1996 William uh, Steve Regal. To quote your favourite commentator, vintage Stephen Regal. Yeah, sure. Hacksaw Miss... Hang on, have you just logged off Discord? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Hacksaw misses a punch by about a foot. <laughs> that was the best. I mean, I think, I mean, like, Regal was moving back into the corner very quickly, so Duggan just punched the air, but lovely for Steve Regal just to sell it anyway. I love the the punches either side of that one. Regal sold by completely flipping his head back, like Steamboat style, like he's legitimately been punched, like he's a really good seller. But for that one, Regal starts to sell it and then goes, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's a stop halfway. At least he tried, you know. Uh... The blue bloods in shirts and ties surround the ring. There's only two of them, but yeah, whatever. It's like, have you ever thought about how the shield, you know, when they surrounded the ring back in the day? Yeah. How there's three of them, but four sides of the ring. They are all stupid human beings, professional wrestlers. Could you not just get out the fourth side of the ring? Well, you know, it's they were normally attacking Babyface. Babyface can't run away and cower. <laughs> because of the world of professional wrestling, where if you're a, a fan favourite, you've got to have the shit kicked out of you by multiple people. It's good stuff, isn't it? The blue bloods in shirts and ties surround the ring. The distraction is enough for Regal to get the cheap roll up for one, two, three. 
So your winner is Lord Stephen Regal, progressing on to his match with Sting at Great American Bash. I mean, we've got another Nitro to go home before we get to Great American Bash, but yeah. Getting getting Regal some wins, yep. heading into the big big main event. Zabisco post-match continues to shit all over Hacksaw. It's not like, you know, a heel commentator being mean to the good guy. He seems to genuinely dislike Hacksaw Jim Duggan at this point. It's It's very funny. It it was quite uncomfortable in a funny way at times. Case yeah. of, I, I wonder if there is heat. Yeah, it feels like it a little bit. I mean, he walks out and he goes, "Not this idiot." <laughs> so you're like, "Yeah, maybe so." If I commentate on shows ever again, I'm using that. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked comes out and you're like, "Not this idiot." <laughs> <laughs> That'll get him over. So, what did you think of the match? I mean, air punch, semi-sold by Regal. Yeah, Schmozzy yeah. finish to keep Duggan strong. Is he the third man? God, can you imagine? I mean, to be fair, we've we've had Eddie versus Flair mm. on this trilogy. We've enjoyed watching Steiner versus Sting. Yeah, we, we've had some good matches. And then we've had this card. Mm. Well, well, we'll see. There's a couple of matches coming up. Good thing we get a little interview, though. So, Mean Gene hops in the ring to have a chat with Regal. Regal got a fine for being shoved by Sting and defending himself with a backhand. Scumbags. But it's okay. Regal has paid double, so he's now in credit. You bloody peasants. <laughs> a great American bash. Regal wants Sting at his very best. Genuinely killer promo here by Regal. He's just so evil. He knows what these Americans don't want, and he's doing everything of it, everything about that he possibly can. That sentence didn't make sense. That was a very Lex sentence. I'm tired. I've got an excuse. Fuck off, Lex. (laughs) (laughs) Me like promo, promo, good, Regal, wrestle good. Regal do good promo, yeah. Hang on. Alex Wright, is that you? Oh, it's a shame he's not on this card. He was quite good last week. I enjoyed his match. Him and Disco could have a... um... Fuck off, Jesus Christ. Sullivan, my son! Sullivan, Dungeon of Doom, Benoit, Horseman, Vignette thing. It's a bit complicated to explain, but yeah. Uh, Lots of WCW Saturday night clips here. Replay of the public enemy, not the good ones, doing their shitty finish to Benoit at Slamboree. Remember that pay-per-view? Feels like a world away, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you can check it out in our archives, wordofwrestlingpodcast.com. Do you remember watching that show and coming out of it going... That felt very 95 WCW, kind of silly and illogical and let's just put people on a show and have them wrestle with not much narrative. It feels like we're... Back. Yeah. (laughs) We're back. We're definitely back. But but, but the show feels more serious. It feels more real. We've lost the shark already. Dungeon of Doom are dissipating, you know. Sorry, we've just had Disco Inferno versus Sergeant <laughs> Craig Pittman. You think it's getting better? Fucking Disco Inferno didn't even t- tap out before a submission hold was put on him. Fair point. Speaking of which, next up, we've got Kevin Sullivan, Sullivan, my son, with known racist Jimmy Hart, versus the debuting Prince Iakea. Don't Don't hold your applause, boys. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is knowing what came next for the prince well i mean iakea like he looks quite promising in terms of like a character i remember seeing him as a young man and thinking oh it's one of the cruisers for wcw he could be great he's he survives pretty much the whole duration of wcw and uh i don't think he ever got over in any sense ever even as like the 
the prince the character. Artist. Yeah. What do you think? Unrealized potential for Prince Ikea, mm. I think. And the problem is, at least when High Voltage made their debut, they were given some minor offense against the the face of fear. Yeah. But Prince Ikea, it's just he looks like a complete jobber. He's literally got nothing. He's got nothing to offer anyone. Sullivan doesn't give I my care. <laughs> Sullivan doesn't give that's my son. <laughs> doesn't give I care anything. And I do mean anything. Like he doesn't get a clothesline, doesn't get an attempt at a roll up, doesn't even get to Irish whip him. He literally does fucking nothing. Sullivan is a bit my of son. a cunt. He is just beats the shit out of him, crotched him on a guardrail. Mm. And uh, then does his <laughs> the best finisher ever. It's such a dick move. Go on. Everyone loves uh, everyone loves a, a little like double stomp on the chest, but <laughs> I mean some people when they go, Oh double stomp, are you looking at like what Devitt did? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> this is a short fat dude stomping on a kid's stomach with all his weight. And two foot. He literally jumps up like a fucking stroppy child, stops on the cunt, pins him, and goes, Yep, that's it. Off you go. Out the ring. Sidebar, I'm coming for you, Matt Terry. (laughs) (laughs) One, two, three. Your winner is Sullivan, my son. Uh, If this was the last of Sullivan we ever saw, I would not be disappointed. He's fucking terrible. Hey, how dare you? Mm. People paint children's faces like him at fairs. <laughs> He's an icon in the face painting world. We've got lots of that coming up in a minute. So, um, Mean Gene hops back in the ring. They do this a lot, you know. Um, He's earning his money, isn't he, though? Yeah. He's definitely out for the fucking money. A. Must be knackered jumping in and out of the ring all the time to do these fucking promos. Boy, so svelte. It's kind of funny seeing Jimmy Hart, Mean Gene, and Sullivan in the ring together, and Sullivan's the smallest guy there. <laughs> oh, I I do like the whole concept though. That <laughs> what Sullivan? That... <laughs> no, no, I like I like the concept of the promo here because <laughs> he's like, oh, so basically we need to stay with the Horsemen because uh, Hulkamania is coming back. And again, I thought, well, have it. Hang on, before Slamboree, didn't we talk about like the alliance to kill Hulkamania? And that's obviously gone really well because it's le- led to Hogan getting a TV show. Yeah, it's it's, it's um, it, I don't know. It's like they're holding on to stories that no one gives a shit about anymore, and that everyone's moving on from. You know, it's the it, as we said, it's the death of old WCW. Yeah. But Kevin Sullivan's trying to book himself in with the Horsemen because they're cool and they're banging Mongo's wife. <laughs> We do get to see one amazing clip in here that I will always love because I use it with Ollie at WrestleTalk all the time. I respect you, Booker Man. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we get a bit of Pillman in there, which is nice. But um, Sullivan, uh, something about crushing an egg means they can get rid of Benoit and they're in Hogan. You're like, this makes no fucking sense. I mean, that's the thing, though, wasn't it? With Dungeon of Doom, a lot of their promos were like more subdued warrior promos, weren't they, really? Yeah, sure. Put the Dungeon of Doom into a nosedive. Oh, again. <laughs> That'd be entertaining, at least. As we draw towards the end of the first 47 minutes of Nitro, <laughs> first hour, <laughs> we come to the point where I've started noticing this is how Bish books these shows, right? 
We get to the end of the first hour and we have a fucking cracking match. It was Flair and Eddie in previous weeks. What did we have last week? It was something else at this point. Oh, Regal and um, Alex, wasn't it? Yeah. So this week they've booked the four horsemen, two of the four horsemen of Arn Anderson and Ric Flair with Miss Elizabeth and woman in tow, not in matching outfits this week, which I was disappointed by, versus the Rock and Roll Express of Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. And there's, there's this stuff, is incredible. There's stuff to talk about here, but so I've watched a few old rock and roll matches and they're great fun. Okay, the young babyface rock and roll. The crowd loved them. Ricky Morton's selling is incredible. Unlike And Robert Gibson is there. Sure, but he does his role effectively, and I'm sure he has He's, some He does a role, yes, he does one role. <laughs> that's Ricky Morton that does the role, dude, remember? Ricky hey. the Robert, that's how that works. But then, like, you know, you see the rock and roll in like the last two or three years, and they're one of my favorite tag teams to watch because you don't expect them to be able to do what they can do. And again, Ricky Morton is just fucking incredible that he's of that age but can do what he can do and the way he sells and the way how how generous he is. In '96, it's like they're too big for their boots almost, but haven't got the craziness of the modern spots, you know? There was a, a definite air of arrogance to to the Rock and Roll Express in this match, yeah. especially when they're going up against Arn and Flair, aren't they? Yeah. So, but it's it's ninety six. Yeah. They've both got like full eighties mullets, gear that they definitely, look out of place. Like we're we're in the year where well, <laughs> the time period where Glacier hopefully will debut at some point, right? Think about how amazing Glacier's gear is. Think about how amazing Sting's gear is, for fuck's sake. And these guys are coming out in, like, you know, tights with tassels that looks like someone's, like, young girlfriend has made or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> they probably were quite young at this time. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Brit Ress. Mm. <laughs> for the, I mean, but this is, this is Brit Ress gear. This is not t- the Superstation. This isn't the presentation you want to have. Yeah. Like, obviously, we'll get to Flair and Arn and their ring attire shortly, but... Rock and Roll Express just, they look dated. I was really up for this, and it was pretty disappointing. There's there's moments of great fun, but essentially it's punch, 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 do a spot, cut to adverts, come back, punch, 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 Ricky Morton sells, go to the finish. You know what I mean? It wasn't the, I mean, it, it at least it wasn't your classic Ric Flair match. Yeah, fair point. I wish it was almost. That's the problem. Having Ricky Morton and Flair go at it in a Flair style match would have been very nice to watch. Yeah, but this this just as you said, either Rock and Roll Express just weren't into it. There's no storyline. Was I right? And when I heard, I think I sort of jotted this down. Then they were saying it was their first match on Nitro. Don't know. They're definitely not regulars. Put it that way. Uh, and I guess it's just while they're still doing the Arn. Flair and Savage Angle and also the NFL boys, mm. they needed to get them on TV and high voltage had already been jobbed out. <laughs> Speaking of which, Gene uh, and Mongo jerseys on Arn and Flair. And Ar- Gre- Green, and, Green and Mongo. I, if me and Gene had a jersey, I'd be so happy I'd buy it straight away. <laughs> and so obviously they're building up to the NFL homosexual guys, you know, <laughs> that match they're going to have at the pay-per-view. <laughs> Uh, there's a funny bit where Arn needs some help taking off his jersey because he's too big for it because Kevin Green's so small. Um, I like that Flair pretended to lob his jersey to the fans and then didn't just to get some heat. Like, it was a nice little touch. But whatever. 
that's one of the beauties of watching Flair, though, isn't it? Because he knows how to work that crowd. Yeah, of course, man. Even in this thing where it doesn't feel like the Rock and Roll really want to work with them right now, there must be some heat or something. Flair's still giving you everything you could possibly want. I mean, we're in North Carolina. You know, this is Flair country. I wonder, as you said, with the, the heat, if there is anything dating back to NWA that that's caused them such beef. Well, if you believe Kevin Nash, Ricky Morton was doing a lot of cocaine during this time, and I suspect Flair wasn't exactly clean, so probably issues here. <laughs> that's polite. Yeah, exactly. So, as the match begins, we get this little countdown coming up on screen, and there's a little dynamite little thing, you know, with a fuse, you know. That's a nice little reference there, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> uh, the fuse counts down, and we get to zero, and the lads start their match, and we're like, <laughs> cue the fucking pyro, it's hour two. They look terrified <laughs> in the ring, and there's just tons of pyro going off in the arena, and they're like, what the fuck? Flair seconds away from jumping for cover. <laughs> <laughs> What's this idea? I don't get um, it. I suppose if they've got the follow-on from like people channel hopping and they've got all this spooty pyro to go, why is there fireworks above people wrestling? Yeah, man. It's like Morton and Flair in the ring like having their match. And we cut to Bischoff and Heenan on commentary who just start talking about this second hour of Nitro. And like <laughs> Shivoni and Zabisco are off. We don't even get to say goodbye, really. Bischoff welcomes them to the second hour briefly as the match is still continuing in the ring. <clears throat> it's, it's like they don't give a shit about it. They're just putting over their own gimmicks. They're not talking about the match in the ring at all at this point. This might have been more of a TV prompt, though, to push the second hour. Yeah. As it's only the second week it's gone to hour <clears throat> two. I wonder if they've like, oh, if anyone's joined us, we want to really make sure they know that they've missed something. Mm. So people will know, oh, hang on, I was watching, I don't know, the dog show and i could have been watching nitro so to get them interested bischoff and heenan are pretty much just talking about the nfl gay porn lads and how they're going to be up against the horsemen uh, apparently heenan has some sort of briefcase with him as well that they put over on commentary that they literally are talking about anything but the match in the ring i can't even what was the can you remember the name they gave to the briefcase i can't uh, remember halliburton, what they it. i think that's what they referred the to halliburton as. that was it yeah i think that's, we don't really have those here i don't think it's like a like a hard case briefcase type thing early tex williams did not have a halliburton he just had a leather briefcase to accompany him to the ring that definitely didn't have a brick in it right it did. It did have a brick in it, actually. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, due to costs and fear of actually twatting Meathead around the head with it, uh, it was a polystyrene brick. Oh, but it still had the same effect. Save with, your I, fucking dickhead! <laughs> what are you doing? I don't care. People know that I'm not a real athlete and wouldn't really twat a demon around the head with a brick. Sure. I think that. I think the bigger question here is a man with face paint on thinking he's in Slipknot <laughs> rather than me twatting him with a fake brick breaking kayfabe. <laughs> Rick, there's one point in this match. It's really fun. Flair has a figure four on Robert Gibson. Ricky Morton has a figure four on Ricky Morton. It's just great fun, man. Uh, wait, I, I said Ricky Morton twice. Arn Anderson, that's the person. Anyway, so I've fucked up that line. Who cares? Uh, shit. I'm tired. Let's get on. All right, Lex. Flair has another shoving match with the ref. Flair is on fire. He's absolutely great fun. Not from the pyro. 
Bumpy McBump face off the ref so much was great. Yeah, really, really fun. Uh, we come back from ads and the horsemen take over. Working Ricky Morton, would you believe it, Tax? Bobby Gibson's just a lazy son of a bitch. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Heenan leaves the commentary position to walk down to ringside to tell woman and Liz something in their ears. Ricky to Robert, through the legs, you know the spot. Hot tag. Liz distracts Ricky. Woman rakes the eyes of Robert. Deja vu. We've had this finish a few times recently. On DDT's Robert Gibson behind the referee's back. It's almost like they've done this before, Tax. One, two. Morton is clearly close enough to break up the pinfall. Three. <laughs> <laughs> he pushes, he's basically just pushes his arm down going, just, just in case he kicks out. I'll push down on your shoulders just to be sure. Winners of the Horsemen in probably the most disappointing rock and roll match I've ever seen. And certainly one of the worst horseman matches I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. Mean Gene post-match promo. They really like doing this. Wait, he's back? (laughs) Do you know, Tax, that Flair has shagged your wife? (laughs) I, at least then I'd have real grounds for divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. He then cuts a promo about how he won't manage again, but opens the briefcase he had earlier. And it's some sort of football trophy thing. I don't understand this bollocks. He was a coach before coach was a coach to perfect. So he's not going to manage. He's going to coach the horseman at the pay-per-view in the, you know, gay porn NFL horseman thing we've got going on. It's a bit weird. The Misty Mundane Classic. (laughs) The four horsemen. (laughs) That's pretty cheap, but I still popped. So (laughs) I think we're okay. (laughs) Ah... Anything you want to say? I mean, this is slamboree levels of shit. Yep. I just want to continue because there's two things I want to talk about on this show. We're not there yet. Oh. So. <laughs> but again, I like the VIP area. I like the fact they kept on like trying to push a, a glass of bubbly. And he, did you catch Heenan? What one of the lines he said? What did he say? Ladies and gentlemen, back in 1996... Heenan said the words, I mean, it's great with this wonderful spread here. A little bit of the bubbly. Did he? Interesting. He said it there. Nice. So I watched a clip of God damn Jer- it, Jericho. <laughs> I watched a clip of Jericho talking about that. And I forgot that before he says a little bit of the bubbly on Dynamite, he does the whole uh, Nigel Tufnell thing from Spinal Tap where he's got the olive and he's like, this little fella inside here, like he's doing Nigel Tufnell quotes. It's really funny. And then it's completely lost by... Uh, a little bit of the bubbly of course because the memes which is still hilarious jesus christ man i remember i was just sending them to each other for days it was so funny brief giant promo he says this line which is he's put more people in the hospital than the stomach flu i'm like how many people go to hospital for a sore tummy i'm looking forward to when someone in a few years time is brave enough to go i've put more people in hospital than covid (laughs) it's gonna happen probably happened already on one of these indie shows well joey janella said it <laughs> yeah did he well no but he's he was off dynamite last night wasn't he because of covid yeah just precaution i think but who knows uh, who knows if joey janella yeah I, yeah joey janella i just get the feeling that he just doesn't like a shower yeah i've got a few friends like that to be fair so. <laughs> you're not one of them don't worry you're very clean i've never smelt you from a distance you know 
What a wonderful compliment. <laughs> this is this is friendship. All right, I tell you what, when we go in, when we get here to do like the pay-per-view podcast in a few weeks' time, I'm gonna make sure I smell divine now. <laughs> Love it. Are we still in not lockdown? Can we still get together to do that show? Oh yeah, oh definitely. As as long as we are Let's go. Not in lock- we are I mean, if anything, if it looks like we're gonna get lockdown, we'll just bring the pod forward. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, we'll just because the order of the pay-per-views, it'll be fine. Because we'll just pre-record it. Okay. Because <laughs> COVID won't get us if we record before a set date. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much what Boris has been saying, so he's the PM, right? He knows these things. Fucking Kevin Sullivan's booking COVID. It's so illogical. Oh, oh hello. Hell. Hello, six people having a picnic. Oh, hang on. Is that a seven coming over? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. There's seven. I'm going to fucking get them all. Oh, oh no. No, 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 no. It's just a pass by asking the time. COVID, my son. (laughs) (laughs) It's not hard. (sighs) It's hard. Brief Hogan promo. But fuck all that shit. It's a brave new world. Blood runs cold. Will we ever see the Glacier debut? Not on this week, we won't. I really hope we do, because if not, oh. it's going to be almost as anticlimactic as his debut. <laughs> so this is four weeks of promos for Glacier. Not seen him yet. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six shows to go before we finish this WCW run. I, I, I bet I it's the show to... after. I bet you anything it's seven weeks away. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Um, and, and this is only going from what I once heard from a Cody Rose podcast. He was talking about how he really liked WCW and how they were doing something new with these Glacier promos. And it was like, and these promos ran for like a year. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, how long have these been running? <laughs> I'm thinking we're not going to see it. I'm absolutely convinced we're not going to see it. We're, we're not going to see it. But don't worry, friends. If you would like us to cover 10 episodes of Nitro with Glacier trying to get in a storyline, we'll do it. As long as we don't have to do WCW 2000 for 10 weeks, because those few shows we did killed me. That was horrible. Um, I will happily do more WCW in the future, but we've got other storylines planned, which we can start oh, to I'm talk very about excited soon. for our next storyline. Let's not give it away yet. Very excited. Let's make people wait know. for the next few weeks to get through it, at least. And then similar to the, <laughs> the other company we'll cover, we'll watch our listenership drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. So Bischoff and Heenan. Uh, Heenan coaching. NFL lads are palookas, apparently. I think you mean homosexuals. <laughs> Look at them Homer Simpsons. It's all right there. Just, just to clarify, I'm not homophobe or anything like that, but like, oh my lord, they're not making it easy for themselves. <laughs> they're trying to be really manly and stuff and achieving the opposite. It's really fun, man. It's great stuff. You say that, though. If you think back to all of this, like the pumping iron stuff and when you see people like clanging and banging in the gym it's always big buff lads in stringy tank tops butt slapping each other as they lift heavy weights that's just manly gym etiquette i mean me and wicked wear pink thongs when we lift sure i take mine (laughs) off (laughs) we send to a hogan video package he's a racist anyway uh, next up is our WCW World. It's not the same video package as last time. It's just Hogan posing, basically, for a few minutes. It's, and we're just trying to keep him relevant at this point, I guess. We need to keep him in your mind. Mm. He's still filming that fucking Three Ninjas bollocks, isn't he, at this point? 
<laughs> isn't one of them AJ's bodyguard now? <laughs> Good. Nice. Very nice. And uh, next up is our WCW World Heavyweight Title Match. Yep, didn't know this was coming, did you? Of the Giant with known racist Jimmy Hart, our current champion is the Giant. Versus Ice yes! Train King Parsons himself. <laughs> immediately i'm like how the fuck did ice train king parsons get a title shot well there was a big tag team spooty battle royal thing that he was in um and he came nowhere near winning it what was the name of that uh, tag team the lethal lottery oh I've, oh hang on one was fire yeah and i believe one was it oh, hang on let me see if i pronounce this properly was it eyes <laughs> what was the name no, no so so what's the name of the tag team then? Oh, was it Ice and Fire? No, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Hang on, Fire and Ice. Do you get it? Because <laughs> one of them's Fire and one of them's Ice. <laughs> Jim, the, the bell rings, right? Jimmy Hart smacks Ice Train King Parsons, that is over now, on the back of the ankle with his megaphone because he's a racist Because he's a known racist. <laughs> Joke slam, one, two, three. Five seconds match, Giant is one. Back to Tex Williams <laughs> saying, you know what really good about the Giant is how he was really like used as a special attraction. And we've now, we've now four pods in and four Giant squashes, basically. Out comes Scott Norton to call bullshit. He's fire. The other guy is ice. <laughs> Do you get it? Fire and ice. Wait, one is fire and one is earth and wind? No, that must be something completely <laughs> different. 21st night of September. <laughs> yeah. So uh, two choke slams for Norton later. Some lads from the locker room come to check on poor fire and ice. Do you get it? Um, <laughs> me and Gene hops in the ring again to interview the giant. They love doing these. Giant is pissed. WCW are promoting Hogan. Don't blame you, mate. Uh, Giant is going to eliminate Luger at Great American Bash. Let's hope so. So, Scott Norton's down on the floor, selling like he's dead. He's just been choked down twice by the Giant. <sighs> Bischoff puts over that Norton is meant to be wrestling Hugh Mears. I hate that fucking name next up. But probably not. We come back from ads. And due to... I'm sorry... And cue the Dungeon of Doom music for like the fourth time tonight. Here comes Hugh Murus. So it's Scott Norton versus Hugh Murus. Hugh g Indeed. Let's call him that for now. So do you want to talk about the face paint? Well, what I'd like to suggest is... I can't remember we've mentioned this on the pod before about my Road Warriors story. I think we might have done this on a previous pod. But basically, what's happened here is that Bill the Fuckwit has <laughs> sat around backstage and he's like, oh, Kevin, I really like what you've done with your face paint, but I'm a pretty shit artist. How'd you do it? And Kevin Sullivan's gone, humorous, my son. And uh, he just says, just smash your face into some face paint, mate. It'll be absolutely fine. You definitely won't look like a creepy genie that's likely to be in Britress. He's also bought Kevin Sullivan. He, he is. It's it's fantastic. I like you know slightly brighter attire. 
I respect the uh, the tights, not pants. It's so bad. What's he doing? He's got curly eyebrow makeup. He heard that there was a spot to run the Dungeon of Doom because uh, Sullivan's joining the Horsemen due to the uh, Booker Man. I respect uh, you, Booker Man. <laughs> so, uh, Norton... This is fucking awful. Norton is selling it like he's dead for like the first few minutes, whatever. Maybe it's a minute. It doesn't because he's on long. fire. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't got ice to back him up. Do you get it? Like, His partner melted <laughs> away. <laughs> That's the problem with this combination. You put them together, they don't work at all. That's why they can't win. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, so n- oh, because one of them is fire <laughs> and one of them is ice. <laughs> it all becomes clear. Okay, let's look about the match, right? Scott Norton is... <laughs> That's very generous. <laughs> Scott Norton is selling it like he's completely fucking dead from the choke slam that he just received from the giant two seconds ago. Norton goes up top. Sorry. <laughs> Morris, Morris, huge direction, goes up top to do the moonsault. <laughs> this, this is the point where Bishop goes, I think Norton's having a mild seizure. Because <laughs> Norton stands up and then preps to catch humorous, like has his arms out, ready to do the spot. You can see it coming a mile off. <laughs> That humorous is see this coming a mile way too big to be caught by fucking Norton. They try and do it anyway. So humorous does the fucking backflip moonsault, smashes into Norton like three hundred pounds of human, smashing into another dude who's just been selling like he's fucking dead. Norton completely misses catching him. <laughs> So humorous just falls to the floor, and Bischoff goes, "Yeah, slammed him." <laughs> it's fucking great. <sighs> Norton delivers three forearms to humorous, doesn't sell the moonsault, smashing into his face. Norton pins humorous for the one, two, three. What? I mean, what? He's fire. Do you get it? You wouldn't moonsault into fire. This isn't backyard shit. <laughs> Mate, it's a 300-pound dude doing a moonsault that smashes into you. You don't catch him or sell it. Fuck. Imagine the pitch backstage, because I, I assume at this time not all wrestlers have creative control, but if they did, like, build them up going, I've got this great idea. <laughs> so we'll have Scotty Norton be completely decimated by, by Giant, and then what I'll do is I'll fuck up a moonshot, almost kill him. Bischoff, you shout out, he slammed him! And then I'll lose? <laughs> That's great. If anything, though, this is the sort of thing you need because we're about to have a very serious, a very serious sporting training montage. Oh, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Not yet, not yet. Heenan on commentary after this match is fucking brilliant. The match finishes, Scott Norton wins some fucking how. And Heenan goes, wow. <laughs> like, literally like that. He goes, wow. Like, in disbelief for what he's just seen. And he goes, I'd have bet you anything that he was not going to get up off that mat. I'd have bet you anything. <laughs> and then Bischoff, as they go to Az, just goes, wow. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny, man. These do bury them so hard. But, as we come back from ads, as you were about to say, Mr. Tax Williams. I do love a serious 
you know, I think to myself, I'm a legitimate sports program. Mm. I'm on the Superstation. I've got someone who's recently played in the Super Bowl and Mongo. Re- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> These guys are athletes. They're real men. They're men's men. Mm. They're clanging and banging and not Mongo's wife. They're clanging, they're banging, and they but they need they've realized they've realized that they've got the athletic edge oh, yeah. over oh, yeah. Ric Flair mm-hmm. and Arn Anderson. Yep. But they're very astute sports athletes. Realism. And they've realized Realism, mate. They're l- Realism, baby, I should say. They're lacking a game plan. Oh. So, sorry, oh. a gay plan. No, a game plan. <laughs> Game Definitely a game plan. plan. <laughs> What's this country called? Super gay Ooh, couple. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> too many jokes, so little time. <laughs> uh, the last two years of Nitro. Fucking <laughs> hell, oh, mate. Firstly, so you get a little montage of these two taking bumps and stuff, and Mongo literally at one point just kind of takes a knee bump. <laughs> like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> so funny. He jumps up like an inch and falls onto his knees and goes like, "Yeah, I did a great job there." This is how this is how Flair does it, right? Oh, fuck, man! I've had one wrestling lesson. Okay, I take better bumps than these cunts. I agree. I agree. You definitely did. You could have been in this. You could have been like the third man. Of this <laughs> flipping bukake of a training <laughs> montage. It is genuinely disconcerting. How often Green and Mongo call each other baby? It, <laughs> you know how sometimes people say mate, or you know what I mean after a sentence all the time. You know what I mean, mate? Yes, babes. But they do this with baby. It's every other sentence. Baby is like, yeah, stick it in, baby. Get that done, baby. <laughs> you know? It's really worrying. But baby's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so. The N- Look, stick with me here. There's quite a lot to go through, tax. Okay, so okay, just stick with me. I've also done them out of order because they're funnier this way. <laughs> I read them out to Nandy earlier because she was wondering why I was laughing so much, and I realised that, that it actually got less funny as it went on. So I've changed the order just to yeah pod. So the NFL lads go over their game plan on a whiteboard by drawing some stick men in a wrestling ring. I'm pretty sure this is how Flair pans out his matches, right? It's how Five Star booked their fucking run. (laughs) So, let's run through these quotes. We can take it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) This is you, baby. You've got to come hard and low. (laughs) This is so unintentional, which is what makes it fucking great. You've got to penetrate. You've got to make the play in the back. <laughs> Get over. These are all these are all life lessons that people should learn how to satisfy pro wrestling. <laughs> this is how they're going to beat Flair and Arn. Remember, I'm now going to go oh. and meet my wife. Wait, beat my wife with a four point stance. <laughs> Get over in the chair. Hang on. I thought they weren't going to do these like murders in America anymore. <sighs> Green sits in... The- We've got a long way to go, boys. 
stick it out. That's what they said. Green sits in the chair and starts to chew on a large piece of meat. A Slim Jim. And Sean Stasiak was there. He repeats, you've got to penetrate, baby. You've got to penetrate. We've got to get together. Oh, these last ones. I've got to get through these last ones. Okay, hold it together, Rich. Okay. You come across. <laughs> Let me do it again. Hold on. Oh, you come across and you start racking and sacking. <laughs> the last one is so good. Okay. Oh, he starts picking that leg up. You've got to do everything you can. <laughs> so fucking funny. Oh, it's some of the gayest shit. Oh, it's so good. I love it. I love everything about it. I'd, I'd also just like to point out that both you and I in our respective professional fields outside the world of professional oh. wrestling are quite well sort of and quite, quite responsible and grown up. But this stuff is fucking amazing. It's so good, man. Oh, <sighs> I've got to recover. I've had quite a difficult, long-winded, terrible week. That's really just made me pop. And oh, I'm feeling so good right now. Is it possible to splice this in in any way? We're tough. We can take it, baby. Mongo, baby, I got the game plan. Check this out. Store me, baby. Okay. Store me. All right, I'm here. I'm on the apron. Okay, I'm watching you and protecting your back. This is you, baby. You gotta come hard and low, and then you gotta get in a four-point stance. I love football. You gotta penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Let me get, oh. get over in the chair. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, baby. Yeah. He starts picking that leg up. Do yeah. everything you can. Stuff really doesn't matter when you come across and you start racking and sacking, baby. I know. It don't matter. We're wrestling now, baby. And tag teams, them zeros will take care of you. But you gotta penetrate, man. You gotta penetrate. Wait a second, man. I can see we're gonna be at odds here. Man, we're butting heads, man. I don't know. What do we we gotta get together? We. What? Are you you thinking what I'm thinking? The macho, yeah! Slip. Oh, yeah! Oh, let me see you coach your way out of that one, Coach Heenan. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You gotta penetrate in the back. In the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you talk. Wait just a minute. So Green looks down at his Slim Jim as the two lads. Hang on, wait, what? <laughs> I thought he was fully clothed. <laughs> I mean, we're only shot up from chest up here, you know. So who knows? <laughs> I'm really glad he's shot up to his chest. <laughs> the two lads decide they need a coach. They want a macho man, but I guess we already knew that. <laughs> hey, boom, boom. <sighs> So we cut back to commentary and Bish loved that segment and rubs it in the face of Heenan. (laughs) (laughs) I'll stop. (laughs) Right, so. The good thing is we get one more week for the go-home show so we might get one more of these. Oh, I hope we do. I really, really hope we do. I just want Mongo to go, look, Kev, you should got to fuck him. Flair may fucked your wife, but he's going to take one of the pay-per-view of the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're very mature. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck me. (sighs) Which is things that they shouldn't say. No, 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 fuck you. (laughs) 
Right. Uh, kayfabe-wise, not, not that segment, but Bischoff, right? Are we meant to know that Bischoff is in charge here? Or are we not meant to know that? Is he just a commentator? I think it becomes apparent that he's in charge during the next few weeks. Because Bischoff seems really excited that, you know, Macho Man's going to be coaching these lads. But isn't he the one who's banned Macho from the arenas? Logic. Sure. So Bischoff is excited that Macho will be back coaching the NFL gay porn star lads. And it's time for your main event of the evening. Our WCW World Tag Team Championship match of Lex Luger and Sting, the current champions. Who are too good for gay porn. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> One of them, at least. Uh, versus the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott. The Steiners come out Love first. Love a bit of it. Yeah, absolutely. The Steiners come out first to their They're the Steiner brothers, do-do-do-do-do-do-do sort of music thing. Then comes Sting and Lex to He's a man called Sting. <laughs> Again, like, you know, he's got that red, white, and blue running through his veins. Man called Sting. Steiners are great. <laughs> it's all the fucking same. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so here comes. Dubsy dub, dubsy dub. Yeah, fucking. I honestly thought they forgot to swap the music when the second team came out. I thought it was the same music. Yeah. That, again, without going back, I was like, why the fuck have they left the music playing? <laughs> I thought they were like Dungeons of Doom where they're part of the same stable or something. They just left the music playing, you know, but no, it is a different thing. Um, dude, Sting's jacket. What a thing of beauty. <sighs> he His gear in 96 is fucking fly. He's got a neon pink and gold sparkly jacket with tassels for days. Do you think that he ran out of gimmick money, which is why he went for the crow gimmicks? Ah, uh, uh, trench coat. I just think he's trying to be cool, but I, I do miss these sort of flamboyant, crazy gimmicks thing, you know? It's over. This was also the time where, like, at school, everyone was wearing those, those like, neon or high-vis Deodora sports t-shirts. Sure. So anything that was neon or high-vis, that was that was the end thing, surely. I mean, I think I was wearing black t-shirts, jeans, and a dark green hoodie because, you know, Grebo. I was hiding under the sofa so the TV license man wouldn't take my parents' <laughs> house away, so I couldn't afford any high-vis things even if I wanted them. I know that's legit. So <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> Some over-enthusiastic Sting fan throws their hat in the ring. And I'm like, don't do that. Please don't do that. But moving on. Fucking progress fan. Yeah. Bish says they've got Macho on the phone. Do you want to talk about this bit? Go on. What do you see when they're like, oh, we've got Macho on the phone? Well, I thought to start, we were going to maybe get like a picture in picture. I mean, you would have imagined as much, you know, a video call maybe or something, you know, a pre-date, but no. But, you know, what we get is, you know, a lovely split screen so we could see uh, Bobby Heenan on a very old looking big black telephone mm. and a horrible split screen effect where they, they've also got some wrestling on the other side of the screen as Bobby Heenan pleads and begs Matcha Man to not turn up, including the, you can have one of my trophies, I can get one of these made up for you, you can have two. <laughs> I mean, the match is starting in the ring, but no one cares about it, apparently, because we've got to get over the match who is going to be joining the gay porn star American football lads, you know? 
Bring out the Slim Jims. Ah, oh, fucking hell. I mean, literally, I, 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 I watched this through and then was like, oh yeah, there's a match happening. <laughs> I had to go back to that. In the little corner where the match is happening, Scott Steiner's doing Tiger Drivers to Lex. <laughs> Just like... Deserved it. <laughs> Rick Steiner does a fucking belly to belly off the fucking Brett's rope to Lex. I'm just like, they're doing Deserved these it. massive crazy spots. And we're meant to concentrate on like Bischoff on this giant fucking telephone with like a pre-recorded macho vignette. It's so weird, man. Such an I love choice. a novelty prop. Yeah, anything. It's like someone's brought out like the phone jack a phone and given it to Peanut. It, it's like I've got him on the phone. It's like we're meant to be. Able, I think the idea is that they've got a phone with actual macho on the end of it, and their headsets on commentary are picking up what macho is saying. What they don't seem to understand is that when you're on the phone to someone, the voice comes out in the ear bit, not the mouth bit. Oh, in fairness, Heenan did take his headset off. To put yeah, the headphones on. Heenan did. Put, Bishop did. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking stupid. So, in the, we can't. Well, they can't both share a phone. Oh, fuck me. It, it's TNT. They could probably do a video call. You know what I mean? Yeah, AOL would really be pushing that dial up video call at the time. <sighs> So, I mean, in fairness, like WCW have a great history of this terrible telephone call thing. Because remember when they had Bischoff on, on, like the three nitros to go, when it was like, yep, we're hoping to do a deal. I'm going to try and buy the company. And it was just like Bischoff's voice and a, just a still picture of him. Oh, yeah. Right, right at the end, you mean? Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, it's a shame. I would love to have seen that happening. Happen. Sorry. Lexed it. Well, you never know <laughs> what well, we might watch soon. So, Sting, Scott, and Rick, as we come back to the match, by the way, because there is a match happening. Sting, Scotty, and Rick are doing crazy power move spots. Lex is also here. (laughs) I think there's a moment where Lex pokes Scott in the eye on the outside, but commentary completely blank it. So, who really knows what's going on? It's a main event in WCW, so obviously we don't get a finish here, right? (laughs) We've got to keep everyone strong. Of course, yeah, yeah. Giant out, choke slam to Rick. I'm saying choke slam very generously. <laughs> Remember, there was that whole thing where like oh. Giant wouldn't choke slam people on the concrete. He's working safe, brother. Yeah, he doesn't care about Rick anymore, though, does he? Kayfabe wise. <laughs> why and why would he? I mean, he cares about Lex apparently though, because he won't he won't choke slam Lex on the concrete floor, but he will choke slam Rick on the concrete floor, even though the table's right there. Remember, there was the whole thing where, oh, I couldn't put Lex through the table because there was someone in the way, so I had to put him down gently. Got to be very gentle with these uh, these wrestlers because we can't break the table because we don't have a table budget. All I'm asking for is consistency, thanks. But I mean, it's WCW, of course, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> it's ridiculous, really. No. That's a lie. We've had consistent homo erotica with Mongo and Kevin Green. They've nailed that. If, if anything, that has been consistent. You are correct. <laughs> um, Lex throws Scotty into a camera off the outside. I don't think it was deliberate, but down he goes. Really funny. Breakdown to Lex and Giant brawling in the ring. Uh, ref throws it out. Uh, Scott and Sting are in two. All three gang up on the poor Giant. He's meant to be a heel. They're supposed to be the faces. 
<laughs> so dumb, isn't it? Uh, they get a massive pop, to be fair, because Lex clotheslines Giant over the top rope after being propelled by Scotty and Sting. Giant does a backflip, lands on his fucking feet on the outside, and I'm like, what the hell? He is so agile for a fucking, like, eight-foot fucking 500-pound dude. And looked as pissed off as I would have if Lex Luger had gotten the advantage over me. Absolutely. How good does Giant look here, though? The best a big man should have been, and as was his downfall, he wanted to be a working. Ju- he wanted to be a worker. Yeah, doing backflips over the top rope shouldn't be doing that, really, should he? I guess. Nightmare. It's impressive to me. He's. They could have had so much more had they not lost him to WWE, because as we said before, they just booked him to shit. Yeah, I think he went there thinking he was the big I am, and I think they've said it in sort of Taker's documentary and a few other people have said it in Big Show himself. He went in there thinking he was the complete product, but not for WWE TV. Imagine if they'd let him do the moonsault off the top rope like we know he could apparently do. Been incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah, just 96 seeing that happen, a guy that big doing a moonsault. Like, I was, I remember being impressed that humans could do it in like 99, 2000 or whatever, you know, but... Seeing Vader do it was good. The Vader salt for the first time. I say good. Va- Impressive. Va- Vader. I mean, Va- Vader was in a completely different class to show. <laughs> I think from a big man standpoint. Absolutely. At this time, especially. Heenan protests to Bischoff, but hey man, just relax, Chico. And you're like, oh, thank God. I thought they were going to skip over it this week. But luckily, our hero. The villain of the piece has arrived. Scott Hall in 96 is the most charismatic human being that has ever existed. It just—it looks. It comes so simple to me. It looks so effortless to be such a fucking prick. It's yeah. great. It's This whole show was a bit shit, let's be honest. It was completely worth it to get to this point. Scott Hall cuts a promo in the face of Eric Bischoff at the commentary position. Then the stinger confronts Scott Hall. Something that is often skipped over with this, like, you know, formation of the NWO stuff. That they are absolutely setting up Scott Hall and Sting as the two guys that are going to start this feud or whatever. And I couldn't ask for a better choice. It's fucking the charisma with these two dudes standing either side of Bischoff looking terrified in between them as they're cutting these promos on each other. So Bischoff going, just leave it Sting, leave it Sting. He's not worth it. He's not here. He's not here. Yeah, exactly. So Bischoff goes to give the mic to Hall, but Sting snatches it back like, no, this is my company. And as he's cutting his promo, Hall snatches the mic off Sting and I'm like, oh, that's so good. Do you think this was rehearsed? I don't know. I feel like it's just two guys just with charisma and ability and confidence in what they're doing. Because Sting's good, but he looked so fucked off when Hall took the mic. Yeah, and doesn't it work fucking brilliantly? And just so simple. Yeah. Again, with with Hall just going, we, and Bischoff still can't work it out. Mm -hmm. So Sting challenges Hall to a fight. And Hall responds, yo, you want to fight Meng? At least he's saying Meng this week. <laughs> it was like, well, he's already wrestled. <laughs> you want to fight Meng? 
you've got one. Only nobody tells me what to do. And Chico, nobody tells me when to do it. Scott Hall takes a step back, takes out the toothpick, throws it at Sting, gets in Sting's face over the top of Bischoff. Sting clocks Hall as hard as he fucking can with a slap to the face. And immediately... Learned from Regal. Absolutely. <laughs> immediately, the cops are there to break it up. And I'm like, not security, not backstage jobbers, but the cops are there to break it up. Just adding to the seriousness of this situation. It's fucking genius, mate. It's so brilliantly dumb. And like you've said as well, this is almost a forgotten part of the NWO. We have the debut of Hall, we have the debut of other members, and then the reveal of the third man uh, at Bash at the Beach. But this part, the first real physical interaction between WCW and what was assumed at the time by some, Mm. WWF, and you've got that first, here's our main guy, here's the lifeblood of WCW, going against this, well, pun intended, this outsider. (laughs) Hall finishes it with a last little line about how he has a big surprise for you next week to sting, like angry kind of surprise, you know. And as Hall does it, he lifts his hand above his head. Like, we've got a big surprise for you. And you're like, ooh, how big is this person that's going to be a surprise? Depends how many Slim Jims are available. <laughs> and will we find out next week, lovely listener? Let's see, because that is the end of the show. What a fucking banging way to go out. Leaving you wanting more every single week, these shows. That's the only saving grace for this episode. Mm. If I was watching this as a fan, this would be how I consider Raw at the moment. Sure. It just nothing happened. You had a few like low-level storylines developed, but this ending, this was classic Monday Night Wars finish. It doesn't matter the shit that you have in the middle. You just you want to know what the surprise is next week. Yeah, absolutely. It was really well told. Really well told. Yeah, it's for me even now as a young person watching wait hang on that makes sense <laughs> as a young Luca? as a young person watching you would sit through the two hours of raw or nitro whatever it would be and you know you'd enjoy some of it you'd hate some of it it's just something to do almost you know we didn't have the quite the level of um, content we have nowadays available to us and so you, but if there was a moment a debut a shock win or something like that. That's all you needed. You just need one per show to make you really want to tune in next week, see how they deliver it, how they pay off, whatever it would be. And they've done it on every single one of these shows apart from Slambury, which was shit. <laughs> and I also think with Slambury, they hadn't had him signed. Sure. Yeah, I think it was literally the week of that first night show when he debuts. Because they had curtain call and that was it, wasn't it? Seems like then it. it was there yeah. sort of seven, eight days later. Yeah. What a great way to go out, though. Really, really fun. I mean, we're talking about it really fondly now. Had it not had this, this would have been slambery level bad. Yeah, sure. This is a, a three cornflake show, maybe, and that's being generous because there's the hilarious kind of NFL unintentional homoeroticism in the middle, which just, oh, I could not stop laughing. It took me five minutes just to calm down because I thought it was so funny. And then, but that that and the, that and the finish, mm. and then also the main event promo. Sure, <laughs> lovely stuff, man. I love Nitro. I'm really enjoying watching this week to week. 
this this was brilliant. I mean, if I'm honest, so this was the first week where I watched it and I was like, ah, we didn't even have like a standout match, but that was definitely superseded by the the big finish here yeah. at the end of this episode of Nitro. Horseman and Rock and Roll should have been the standout match, but it just didn't go to plan, it felt like. It, it, there was just too many mistakes mm. and too much disco and too much Lex Luger. Sure, man. Right, we've done a good 90-minute pod there. Have you got a game prepped or do you just want to leave it there? I don't, but I've just got a Scott Stein effect for you. Do it. I was having a quick look around. and Did you know um, that Scott Steiner starred as one of the main characters in an Indian Costa Rican comedy drama film? <laughs> <laughs> no, surprisingly, I did not know this. Uh, this movie was released on the 15th of December 2017 and... Excuse my poor pronunciation of this film, um, but it was called One Chore Two Masticor. Nice. When you say starring, is he just like there for a couple of seconds, or is he actually like? No, he is a main character. He uh, is plays the role of boss. Christmas is the film stars Nancy Dobles, Prakbar Sharon, Mario Chacon, Jose Castro, and Big Bad. Booty Daddy himself, Scott Steiner. And uh, it was released in Costa Rica and released in Spanish. Is is there an English version or at least a subbed version? I mean, if I'm honest, I have no idea. Just wondering, is Christmas is... is coming up, you know, we need to find a pod to do for Christmas. Well, friends, let me just tell you what the plot was. Leo, played by um, Sharon, is um, in a deep dilemma to choose between love and money. The movie focuses on a robbery and takes a U-turn after an accident after which Leo chooses... Oh, hang on! That's... Hang on! That's not the plot! That's given the end away! I won't reveal it in case we cover <laughs> one chore to Mactacore uh, at Christmas. Sounds good, man. Because everyone loves the Indian-Costa Rican crossovers. I, yeah, you know, that's my go-to. Definitely. It, it's it's money, similar to the greatest football export from Costa Rica, Paolo Onechop. <laughs> Where I will leave you with the best football chant ever. On the terraces, Paolo Wanchop's playing up front. Can do you remember or do you know the chant they sang at him? No, not at all. There's only one chop. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> what? Where can people find your social media? I'm so confused. Fucking hell, okay. Uh, you can find me at Fanboy Rich on the old Twasser machine. I do have Instagram as well, but you can mostly find my content on WrestleTalk. That's where I'm the senior editor, so I'm responsible for all the shit you have to watch. You can find me at Tax Williams on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can't find me with anything to do with my real job because I'd get fired. <laughs> I realised that when I said have to watch, that sounded negative. I really like working at WrestleTalk. It's literally my dream fucking job. I just want to put that out there. But yeah, it's all good. Thank you for doing your job very well for me this week. I'm in the process of trying to buy a house and you've helped me greatly, sir. This isn't like a Conrad Thompson I've managed to like, get you 12 years off your mortgage. This is, I'm I'm pretty good at what I do yeah. uh, from a, on, a, on a day job and I'm also pretty good now in the garden. <laughs> if you want to get yourself a fancy new sweatshirt or t-shirt, go over to Superkicks, S-P-R-K-I-X, use code NWO. Get yourself some money off. It's got some sweet fucking gear. It looks awesome, man. Yeah, I will look forward to when my hoodie arrives. Obviously, as with anywhere in the world, you know, 
Place is going to be on lockdown. Place is going to be on different tiers of movement. So it may take a little while longer for anything in life to get delivered, unless you're the massive conglomerate Amazon. Um, but yeah, it's great service so far. Great communication. Good updates from our friends at Superkicks. And also, if you like to support the pod as well, head over to Amazon.co.uk because they'll deliver you our t-shirt as quick as they can. Uh, just search World of Wrestling Podcast. Fucking a. So next, oh, and most importantly, what? follow us on Twitter at World of Rest Pod. It's the best place to find us and check out our archive. If you've just discovered us from our WCW uh, pod and you haven't listened to the previous three episodes, go and check it out in the archive at WorldOfWrestlingPodcast.com. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Acast, wherever your podcast app of choices. And if you like what we do, give us a review. It helps us out on the searches, and it'd be really good if you could help us out. Yeah, click that five-star thing, whatever thing you listen to. It just it helps us get seen and stuff, and it'd be really nice if we can make a bit of money doing this pod. That'd be fucking lovely, wouldn't it? It's making money out of wrestling? <laughs> Fuck off! I mean, I know I'm one of the rare people that get that opportunity, but you know. <laughs> you, you, you've already made more money than pretty much every wrestling promoter in the company. Oh, in the country. Cunt and I, I love it anyway. <laughs> oh, and I'll, ju- and I'll just finish off with this last one. Go on. Hey, Stephen Flutter, give people their fucking Chris Travis DVDs. Stop making money off a dead man's name, you fucking piece of shit. Fuck PCW and fuck Stephen Flutter. There you go. I have no idea what you're talking about. Obviously, I know Chris Travis is. He's a good man. So, yeah, I'll just agree with you. Let's go with that. So, next week, we are going to be doing the (laughs) 10th of June, 1996, WCW Monday Nitro number 39, which is the go-home show for the Great American Bash 1996. So next week is just going to be me and you, but for the Great American Bash, we're going to have a guest that we are going to announce next week. And most importantly, we're going to be doing this socially distant. I are we actually going to see? I'm going to see your face in human form. Do you know how it's going to be awesome? Weird, it's going to be seeing you in person and not being able to like hug you. <laughs> I'm going to like. <laughs> I think that's inappropriate, right? I'm not allowed to do that, right? Look, baby, we can do this. <laughs> Gotta penetrate, baby. Gotta penetrate. <laughs> I'll get my Slim Jims out. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Uh, here's the outro. Bye-bye. Do you know what I realized while I was warming up my coffee? Hits me. Man called Sting. Da, 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 da. He's got the red, <laughs> white, and blue running through his veins. Da, da, da. <laughs> Man called Sting. It's the story of the two brothers, Scott and Rick. Da, 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 da. <laughs> They're all the fucking same. Brilliant. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You gotta penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute.